0: Welcome back to the Beauty Expanded podcast. It's your host Jade Hernandez and today we have a very very special episode for you. I'm actually connecting with Tatiana from Perfect Match Tattoo. She's a paramedical tattooist in California in the Bay Area and is best known probably for going viral. She went from having zero followers on TikTok to waking up one morning with over 5 million views on one of her videos, which we'll dive into this episode. Those views quickly grew over to 7 million views and also landed her hundreds of emails within her inbox four weeks after her training on camouflage tattooing. But what makes Tatiana even more so unique and cool in my book is that she's paving her own way through the paramedical and body art tattooing world and really merging the two together because that's her passion. It's really cool to see her doing all of these tattoo expos and conventions. She is seriously one of the sweetest artists that I know in this industry, and I just feel so honored that she took some time out out of her busy traveling schedule to just sit down with me, connect with me, and share with all of you who are listening on her journey so far. It's been a short one, but man, has it been a wild one for her. I am so impressed and inspired by her success, and I know you're gonna love her just as much as I do. So, without further ado, let's begin. Hi, I'm Jade Hernandez, a camouflage tattoo artist and educator. I help beauty bosses effectively market their business and become the authority in their field, close more leads, and make more money. In the past six years, I've launched two successful beauty businesses to multiple six figures with over 100 five-star raving reviews and several media press spotlights. While most marketers will tell you to hustle and work harder for success, I'll show you how to create more value from the inside out so that you work less, make more, and truly expand and transform your business and life. This is the Beauty Expanded Podcast. Tatiana, it's so great to connect with you tonight. It's been a while before we hopped on our Zoom session. I looked up when the last time I saw you, and that was two years ago in Arizona. And so much has changed. I've been following your journey, loving every minute of it, which we'll dive into further in the podcast. But why don't you just kind of fill us in, if you can remember two years ago, uh, what were some of the first things you started doing right after your training? Thank you so much
1: for having me. Yeah. So as soon as I finished my training with you, I made all of my social media. I set everything up, my TikTok, my Instagram Reels. And I even started planning a little bit before we even started training, like setting up templates of how I'm going to do my FAQs and educational content that I wanted to put out. So I did have maybe 10 posts lined up so that I was ready to go as soon as we started or as soon as we finished our training. So I had stuff to post about. So I think one of the most important things that helped me advance my paramedical journey was video content, which a lot of people don't want to hear when I say you need to do video content. But I think that's one of the key things, especially nowadays, people respond to TikToks and Reels. And I think that is the key to grabbing people's
0: attention. So yes. am um, you already comfortable doing social media? Because I agree with you. I think like- one of the You know, video is also, it it is a very hard thing for people to feel comfortable doing. So before you started doing the videos, had you already had experience being on video? Was this something that came naturally for you?
1: Not at all. (laughs) Definitely, I was uncomfortable being on video, but I figured I just have to do it. I look at other people like you, you put yourself on video and I see how much, like, how do I say it? you have such a great response in your comment section. People really gravitate toward video instead of just putting a before and after picture. You know, I think people really love video. So I was like, I just have to do it. So I just filmed some videos as practice. And I did that even before we started training. So I made some practice TikToks. I didn't put those up, but I did. I, I was aware that I need to put myself out there. And I think that other people need to do that too. If they're getting into this industry, you have to You have to be comfortable with putting yourself out there because if you're putting your work out there, people will feel more comfortable if they see you talking on camera and get to know you and who you are before they book with you. So I think that gives you an advantage against other people that don't put themselves out there and they're a little more anonymous in their account.
0: Yeah, it's totally. And for those of you who are just now being introduced to you, one of the things that really helped Tatiana, and it wasn't plans. I mean, a lot of these things are never really plans. Okay. She had posted videos on TikTok and then had been picked up by a really famous doctor on TikTok. And it's kind of when, because that's when I saw that you went viral, I would say. But again, I don't know. So is that, how long after you started posting videos, did that just happen to come about? You know, what's funny is I feel like the videos I
1: put the least amount of effort in seem to do the the best, like the most candid, unedited type of video. So I don't know. I'm not sure. TikTok is a weird thing. They'll pick up on videos that you didn't expect to blow up. Sometimes I put more effort in a certain video, a lot of editing and scripted, you know, background talking and, you know, the algorithm doesn't pick it up. So it was a video of, I think it was like a seven second video of me just doing English tattooing, like just showing it. I didn't say anything. I think I just put music over it. And this was maybe my fourth video I put up, fourth or fifth video. So very early on, I had no followers on TikTok. I had no views, nothing. And I think it was the the, the song that was trending in the background. It was a Doja Cat song that was really trending. So I know if you put trending music, sometimes the algorithm will favor that. So I picked a a popular song and I woke up the next day and it had half a million views. For some reason, and I did not expect that, I woke up and I had a million comments. And the next day, it had a million views. And then a few weeks after that, it had maybe two, three million views. So it kept going up and up and up. I think it's at seven million views now. And it Mm -hmm. still circulates TikTok. So TikTok doctor, I think, I believe he was the first to pick it up. He made a video basically explaining what it is that I do because Again, I didn't edit that video. I didn't even put explanation of what it was I, I was doing. I think it was more of like shock factor because people watch that video and they're like, what is she doing? <laughs> She's not using ink. What is she doing? And I didn't even put the result in that video. I just showed the process of what it looks like being done. So yeah, he made a video about it and that blew up my video even further. And so, I, I really credit him for it that
0: going viral. I think that's when it re- the views really exploded. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. And aside from obviously a ton of viewership, what, yeah. so curious, what also came of that? So obviously there were more eyes, there were more people coming engaging. Yeah. What other things, because of that one video, what then was the spiraling? The, like, the next. Yeah, what were the other things that happened? Yeah, so once he
1: made that video, it was just a snowball effect, which is crazy because Then I start checking my emails and I see an email from the Drew Barrymore show. I see an email from CBS. I see an email from New York Post, from BuzzFeed. It was just rolling in and everybody's kind of like competing to try to get a story from me to be the first. So I did a little interview with New York Post and they put it up, I think, a week later. And just from them posting that article, I think there's other little news stations that kind of tried to copycat. and put out the same kind of article about me just because it was new and blowing up. So and then they reach out to me and say, hey, can you tell? Us, can you answer a few questions for us too? So it blew up that way. But this was all within the span of maybe two or three weeks that all of this happened. Yeah, that's and great. I did not expect this. I, I thought, I figured maybe after I finish my training with you, this is going to be maybe a, at least a couple of years it's going to take me to have a steady clientele. But this all came at me at such, you know, so fast that I didn't even know what to do with myself. I had, I would wake up and see a hundred emails from people saying, Hey, can I do a consultation with you? So I I was definitely overwhelmed. Honestly, (laughs) you know, it's, it's great. It's great being super successful when you first start, but I was so overwhelmed. I didn't expect any of that.
0: And that has never
1: happened to me before.
0: How did you navigate that? So when you're getting hundreds of emails, uh, how did you handle that? So, did you just start doing conflicts? Did you even have a space to tattoo people? I was talking to, actually, let me think.
1: I think at the time, the week that I, the week after I finished my training with you, I was talking to like a, like a salon that had suites for rent in the back. So we were. I think I took maybe one or two clients there um, from just making Facebook ads. So I. Had a little space. It wasn't really furnished, but now I had a whole list of people saying, Hey, I want to come to you. So I started bringing them over there. So this was the back of a salon in a little suite that I rented like a monthly, on a monthly basis, but it blew up so big. I feel like I outgrew that space really quickly already because that salon was like a multi-service kind of spa salon. So they had a bunch of cooks in the kitchen, people doing all different types of spa services, things like that. So I had so many clients coming in and out. It felt like, yeah, like too many cooks in the kitchen. So very quickly after that, I believe a month later, I started looking at private studios, like just really a little small office just for me, you know. So I, I quickly, I got really lucky. I went on Facebook Marketplace, I think, and I found a lady that was leasing out a small little private studio it's, I still have that place to this day. I got so lucky. It's so pretty. There's a garden in the front. There's private parking and it's a part of like a, it's connected to like a dental office. So it's in a very professional kind of, I don't know how to say it. It's like offices connected to each other. So I really like the setting of that place that I picked and I quickly moved all of my clients over there.
0: Awesome. I love that. And were you able to kind of I mean, are you still sifting through the emails or were you able to kind of start doing the consults and booking people immediately? I kind of put myself in a hole
1: and I sat down for maybe eight hours and responded to everybody via email instead of consultations. I didn't really know how to go about finding an assistant for any of this either. Since it was all I had, you know, I have to respond to these people fast and I don't have time to interview people. I want people to get meaningful responses too not just hire somebody that's going to give general responses, you know. So, you know, what's funny is my TikToks that I made even two years ago are still circulating to this day. So I'm still getting emails from people saying, hey, this top, this popped up on my For You page and I want to book with you. As of yesterday, somebody said that to me. They said, I just found your TikTok just popped up on my page. So I still do it all myself, actually. I had somebody helping me for a little while, but I like to give more per- personalized responses via email, more detailed consultations, and I haven't found the right person as of yet. But I'm working on it. I'm figuring
0: out what's exactly where I'm going with that. I agree. I think a lot of people really do dismiss the value of video. When I first yeah. started the same thing, I knew that not a lot of people were going to do video because most people feel, you know, self mm-hmm. about the way that they look on camera, the way that they sound on camera. Yeah. Um, it is kind of awkward to talk to a video camera, but I remember that was one of the first things that I did just from personal experience, because I was, I knew that if I did it, most of my competitors wouldn't feel comfortable doing video. So you're always like 10 steps ahead if you just mm-hmm. out there. And like you said, you know, it doesn't have to be professional. It, it can be super candid or it, it doesn't have to be. I actually think a lot of people prefer the candidness, no editing, <laughs> no style anyways. And it's one thing that we always try and recommend and encourage new artists to do is to really put themselves out there because it is such a personal service and there's nothing more tangible than being able to watch someone talk on video and hear them and look at their manner. And then when you're in a consultation with them, whether it's virtual or in person, there's that congruency trust building factor where they're like, oh, that's the same person that she's exactly the same person in person as she was on video. And it Allows for this trust to happen. I always think of it like dating. You know, yeah. you show up on video is hopeful, or your dating profile is exactly how you show up in real life, and that is what really instills that trust. And I love that you give out those personal messages too, because it's those small details that people really crave when they're thinking about hiring someone to help them improve an area of their body that they're really self conscious about. So that's awesome. Okay, so facts for it. So now. You're in a new scene, so you're taking clients. So fill us in on what you've been doing as of lately. So
1: I was, of course, you know, very booked out. I was tattooing every single day. Long days. I love it. You know, I feel like that accelerated my skill set. I feel like I learned a lot more really, really fast about how to do camouflage tattooing the best that I could because I I was experiencing so many different kinds of cases coming through the door that I had to figure it out very quickly. So if I'm to be honest, I did have burnout from that. You know, success is great. I'm so thankful that that happened. And I love everybody that walks through my door. They taught me so much, but it is, I, I do want to put 110% into each person that comes through the door. And it is sometimes, like an emotional experience with a lot of people. I try to put a lot of my emotional energy into the work that I do because I do care and I want to help people. So it is a lot, you know, if you really think about it, it's like a therapist. Sometimes a therapist needs to take a break too. So I did get burnt out doing this every day. So I did have a moment where I decided to take a break for a couple months and regroup figure out what exactly I want to do because I do I do love camouflage I always want to do it I want to continue it forever or as long as I can you know because I do love helping people but I do have an artistic background too and I find a lot of peace coming from like I'm a I'm a fine I'm a I have a I have a fine art background when I was in college I was always painting and drawing I'm very artistic and creative in that sense so I find that when I'm stressed out I like to draw paint. So I was thinking, how can I implement that into my tattooing? Because I want, how do I say this? Like, I want
0: to, I don't want to, I don't want to be burnt out. That's completely valid. That's the thing about artistry, right? Is you have to feed the creativity side of yourself. Right. That's not always... The creative aspect of you, like what inspires you, what, what makes you feel creative isn't necessarily your medium that you do. Okay. Like is. Right. Th- For me, like I may tattoo full time, but there's other things that really fuel my passion so that I do become yeah. a great artist and it's still, I'm still passionate about it. That has nothing to do with tattoo. Like I right. love photography. I love nature. I love mm-hmm. woo stuff. Um, and yeah. those are the things that really feed my soul so that I can come forward and be like a so that it can embody the artistic side of me. So right. I, th- I think you're right on, like you're spot on. So you were burnt yeah. out kind of exploring other mediums of art that right. were meant to you. And it sounds like, because I, I did some stalking, so it sounds, yeah. <laughs> it looks like right now you've been actually, I don't even know what you would call it, stenciling your own designs or like creating your own art, tattoo designs or how would you explain it? Yeah, so I've explored. I've been
1: exploring the other side of tattooing, which is body art and traditional tattooing, which I've always been interested in. I have tattoos myself, so I'm i I'm very artistic. I like to draw tattoo design, like American traditional tattoo designs, and study that side of t- tattooing. I think that might be my genre or fine line tattooing. I think my clients would really like that. So that is. I, I do have an ex. I do have another page where I do art and I post my art that I do, and. That is what I do on my time off, but I decided I think I want to morph the two worlds together and also expand my service list too. I think sometimes people come through the door and they have scars that are can't completely be camouflaged depending on what it is. So sometimes I feel like it is a better option to offer, be able to offer body art to cover certain scars. Yeah. So yeah. I want to be
0: able to offer that too. That's awesome. And you've also been touring, like kind of. right so
1: exactly so I went to a tattoo convention here in San Francisco because I this was during the time that I was feeling a little bit burnt out so I was like let me explore and maybe talk to some other tattoo artists and just just get to know them and maybe introduce myself and see what that side of tattooing is like explore that a little bit more and I happened to meet some guys at this shop called body graphics tattoo and they're in Reno and they were in town and I ended up becoming really great friends with them. They're really respected tattoo artists that have a lot of history behind them. One of the guys that runs the shop, his name is Jesse. He's a third-generation tattoo artist. So his grandpa was a tattoo artist all the way back in the 50s. And he is he he's like a historical figure that a lot of people a lot of tattoo artists really respect. And the more that I started hanging out with them, I learned that he was also one of the pioneers for camouflage tattooing. And that's something I couldn't really find on the internet. So I found out that he was, like b- back when tattooing was in the, in the experimental phase, machine tattooing was in the experimental phase. He was one of the people that was experimenting with pigment making and how to match colors to the skin, freckles, eyeliner, all of that. So I was able to see his old, portfolio books from the 50s about like trumflush look back then and i found that fascinating how tattooing was cosmetic tattooing was comes from real tattoo artists that did body art they did experimented with both back in the day and that's where it stems from that's where it comes from a lot of people think they're two separate worlds but really they come from tattoo artists back in the day totally how did it look so curious it looked very very well done you would think it would look crazy maybe the eyebrows weren't the best (laughs) you know just how it it was very experimental phase back then but the camouflage tattooing was spot on and i decided to hang out with them a little bit more study more of his techniques what i could find you know he, he has passed away his name is pat martin picture machine pat martin and they were so kind enough at that shop to let me study his techniques and things that he documented with camouflage tattooing that I decided I wanted to I don't know kind of morph my two worlds together maybe get into body art tattooing and I feel like it reawakened my love for tattooing. Yeah, best way I can say that because mm. there is so much history to to cosmetic tattooing that we don't realize there's not a lot of information about it online. So I decided I want to get into body art tattooing as well. Yes,
0: I love that. It is interesting because when you think about the PMU world and then like Mm -hmm. body tattooists, it does seem very separate, but really at the end of the day, we are all tattooing, but there's going to be, you know, niches or different styles. I think about painting, there's going to be abstract or realism. and But unfortunately, I do feel like sometimes because the worlds are different, there's not a lot of or maybe there's there's not as much respect for the traditions. Right. right? And at the end of the day, body tattooists have been doing this, like you said, way longer. Right. Than, and PMU really got its fame and glory, I guess you can say. I love that. Now a lot of people, I'm curious too. Like I love that it sounds like they were they were really receptive to your work. Right. And I think that's also another Judgment that m- maybe some people would have is that they feel maybe self conscious or insecure that, oh, a tattoo artist or body tendress right. wouldn't, you know, wouldn't respect me or or it, it seems intimidating, but that right. hasn't been at all.
1: I was very surprised too. I thought, you know, they're not going to respect me. Maybe I don't know. I'm just some cosmetic girl that came to this convention. Maybe they won't see that I'm as passionate about tattooing as they are. But this guy, his, his name is Jesse. He was like, no, my grandpa. Is one of the first people that did what you do, so I respect it. So I thought that was really cool. And yeah, you're, you're right. I I actually think that. Well, I th- I think as of recently, you know how camouflage. I feel I feel like camouflage tattooing is evolving. It's becoming more. What would you say? I think camouflage tattooing is more. <laughs> Sorry, if you you got this spread right out. I'm trying to think. How do I word this? I I think that. Cosmetic tattooing in general is becoming a lot more normalized and camouflage tattooing is evolving. More people know what it is, the more that it's in the news, it's more normalized now. So I've noticed, especially in the last couple of years, the more tattoo shops that I visit, I noticed that they have more PMU there too, which I think is very interesting. I feel like that wasn't a thing five years ago. It was more strictly tattooing, but they seem more receptive to having PMU join their team too.
0: Yes. I love that. Um, Okay, babe. So fill me in on the conventions that you've been (laughs) doing. So obviously it's reignited your passion for tattooing in a different way. So what are you doing at these conventions? So when I go to these conventions, I noticed there's nobody
1: there doing camouflage. So my idea was maybe I'll be one of the first people there with a booth or at least the ones I've been to. I've been to a lot of conventions and I did not see camouflage tattooers there. So I asked these guys at Body Graphics Reno if it'd be okay if I Maybe share a booth or have us a little spot, and maybe relate my camouflage tattooing to his grandpa's camouflage work, and maybe do a little bit of exhibit for anybody that's interested in the history of tattooing in general. You can always come by my booth, and I'm sharing the the history of camouflage tattooing too. So we we put out our vintage portfolio so that people can look through it and then compare it to my work and just learn about what paramedical tattooing is and where it comes from and. The fact that it comes from the world of tattooing back in the day. So I am there. I'm tattooing. I'm taking walk-ups, doing consultations. Anybody that has any questions or just wants to chat about camouflage tattooing, you can always come by. I am doing two conventions confirmed this weekend. I'm going to be at San Francisco Cal Palace for the weekend. But I think this podcast is going up after you said. So you can ignore that if you're listening. I'm going to be in New Jersey in September at a convention called Inked Out New Jersey. I believe I'm the only camouflage tattoo artist there. So if you're interested, you can always come by and we can do a consultation and I'll let you know if you're a candidate. I have a few others that are in the works. I'm deciding where else I'm going to go cause, because there are so many tattoo conventions nowadays, especially in the last few years, that are popping up. I'm getting a lot of offers saying, come to come to the city.
0: So. As that comes out, I will update my social media wherever I'm going. I love that. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I really respect and admire about you, Tatiana, is that you, you really are forging your own path. Like yeah. and when I think about what we all do, regardless if you're a PMU artist, a tattoo artist, it, it doesn't matter. There's so many of us that are, are, are our own personal brands. Right. And that's what really makes us so unique. And one thing about you is you've always, and I don't know if you actually realize it or not, and so this is a huge compliment to you because it just is something so innately and authentic to you, but you've always just kind of carved your own path and and there's something that's, it's very inspiring because it seems like that you just really know who you are and maybe you don't feel like that, but regardless, you're comfortable with exploring that about yourself, you're not really relying on what mainstream says you should be or what's popular. Like you've always just gone off your own beam path. Yeah. And to me, that's very original about you. Do you, are you aware of that about yourself? Oh,
1: thank you. Yeah, you know, I've, I've thought about that a little bit recently because in the beginning, when I first started, something that you touched on in your training was that you need to, you need to have a brand that you need, or you need to build a brand. Something I really loved about your training was that you touched on the marketing side of camouflage tattooing. You need to build a brand and figure out what path you want to go in. Do you want to be the medical tattooing person? Do you want to be more on the beauty side? Do you want to, you know, there are different places where you can practice your camouflage tattooing. So I wasn't sure if I wanted to work in a med spa. Do I want to work in a private studio? Do I want to go the tattoo artist route and work in a shop? I had no idea. I just wanted to tattoo. So I experimented with working in a lot of different places, working in tattoo shops now. I've had some shop experience. So just from working in a tattoo shop, I realized that I think that is my calling. I feel like I thrive more in that kind of environment and I wouldn't have known that unless I tried it. So what might work for one person might not work for the other person. So I would say if you don't know what your branding is, just try working in different environments. Maybe rent out a small spa studio that might work out really, really well for you. Maybe try to pitch yourself to a tattoo shop and maybe you'll thrive better there. So it did come with a lot of experimentation. I didn't know who I was in the tattooing community when I first started. It has taken a couple of years for me to figure that out. And I'm still figuring that out now. But I think I have a better idea of the direction I want to go in. And that is a little bit more toward the traditional body art side of tattooing and introducing camouflage toward that kind of crowd, which has been receptive. So I, I wasn't sure if they would be receptive about it. But since they are, I'm going to continue pitching it to tattoo conventions and spreading the word about camouflage over there. Because I have a lot of tattoo artists that come up to my booth too, and they're curious about what I do. A lot of them have never even heard about what I do either. Even though they're tattoo artists, they're so f- focused on the art side of tattooing that you know maybe they have not heard of paramedical tattooing. So. A lot of people, I've, I've gotten nothing but respect from people that come up to my booth, a lot of questions, people very curious about what I do. So I think I'm just going to keep going in that direction.
0: Yeah. And I, it doesn't surprise me because you also have a lot of respect for what they do. Yeah. The like a truck's like. And I think that's why there's always a genuine openness to, you know, learning about what you yeah. do as well, because you, you are so respectful of, of what they do. What are some of, you know, because really at the in the grand scheme of things, you've only been at this for almost two years, not even a full two years yet. Right. Um, mm-hmm. What have, you know, someone who's, who's listening to this, who's thinking about getting into this industry or this niche, what are some of the challenges about this industry that maybe you weren't, like that you confronted, but you weren't aware of? Mm-hmm. Baby, go upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> That's my poor year old <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> He's supposed to be a prisoner upstairs and not come downstairs. Oh, no. <laughs> what, have you had to face any challenges that maybe you weren't expecting so far in the two years that you've been doing this? Challenges
1: that I wasn't expecting. That's a good question. Let me think about that for a second. I, th- I think one of my biggest challenges that I've come across, like we talked about before, is, is figuring out my branding and where I want to work. There's yeah. been a lot of challenges. It's been such a learning curve for me because I've never been through any of this before. One of the biggest challenges, I think, is just putting myself out there and being comfortable with it because I feel like I was such a private person before that I didn't want to put my face on the internet. So, like we touched on before, I think something you do need to come to terms with is getting comfortable with creating a brand for yourself and being confident about it being confident in who you are and marketing yourself don't hide behind photos of just your work put your face out there and you know ignore ignore hateful comments people don't know what they're talking about they will say whatever don't let it get to your head be your authentic you and put yourself out there and see what the response is and The more authentic you're being, people will, people will see that and they'll appreciate it. And your clients will see that too. And something I notice when clients come in is they say, I feel like I already know you. (laughs) And I love, I love hearing that because I, I don't know. It's, it, it, I feel like that sets me apart from other artists. And that's very important when it comes to this field of tattooing is camouflage tattooing is something that, you know, It's very based in people's insecurities. People are very scared to open up sometimes. Not everyone's comfortable with showing off their scars or stretch marks. So they really have to trust you and trust trust the person that they're going to. So if you can make someone feel like they already know you, then you have the upper hand against
0: everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. Would you say now that you've been putting yourself out there, would you say that you are more comfortable with it now? or you still kind of struggle with it? I have my
1: days. (laughs) It depends. Sometimes I'm very in the mood to make video content. Sometimes I feel like I don't have any ideas and I don't want to put something out there that's disingenuous. I want to have something to say of value about the work that I do. So I have, it has its ebbs and flows. I've, like I said before, I was a very private person. I'm not very much of a video TikTok kind of girl. I had to i had to become one and i think that it's really paid off when you put yourself out there and you take those risks because what's the worst that could happen the best thing that could happen is you go viral <laughs> you know so why not why not take that risk maybe it'll happen
0: i love that now what other advice would you give new artists maybe they're doing brows maybe they're doing lips right now what any if any advice would you give them I think when it comes to marketing yourself in the cosmetic world, you need
1: to be tech savvy, even if you're not. You need to master the art of Instagram and TikTok and all of that. And whether that's hiring a team to help you, if you're not the most well-versed in how to create TikToks or reels. Yeah, I think you need to prioritize social media when it comes to your work. Just having a website or a Google business isn't going to be have the best results for you. I think that social media is key. If you don't have social media and you're not active on it, I've been taking a little bit of a break just because I've been super busy with my own clients and stuff like that and figuring out my own path. Social media, I feel like, is something that you need to become a master at. If you really want to succeed in permanent makeup in today's world, it's, it's very much a requirement. One of the things that I've collaborated on with this tattoo shop in Reno is helping them up their social media game because they were not very present on social media. They posted their tattoo work here and there. They didn't have very many followers. So something that I've helped them in exchange for helping me is helping them figuring out how to do TikTok talks and Instagram reels. And they have 20,000 followers now, six months later. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I've been helping them out with that and helping them carve their own niche when it comes to tattoo history, because that's the place that they have in the tattoo world. So I think Naturally, I'm very, I've gotten very good at figuring out the formula for how do you do Instagram reels that people gravitate toward. I think with their branding, humor and comedy is something that thrives with with, with their community. So I've been helping them out with that. So it's easy to, I mean, so even if you're, even if, <laughs> even if you feel like you don't know how to, how to edit videos or you feel like there's no hope with social media game because you have not used social media at all. However old you are, you know people young and old. There, there, there are shop. There, there are cases out there where people have had social media for ten years, like this shop, and they created a game plan. Is the best I could say with putting out reels content on a sched- on a schedule. So, I think, I think reinventing yourself in. Sorry, I don't know how to say this. Like,
0: no, yeah, I get what you're saying, and I think, you know, gosh. a lot of people if if you really can't do it and it's not your cup of tea, it, yeah. then you have there's so many people out there that you can hire to help you with that. But I agree, like if you can only get so far by having one social platform and or a Google business page right you now. The industry is more populated than ever before. It is becoming a lot more mainstream. And I think in order to really stand out from a sea of other people, one is your own unique individual essence that, you know, because that you will always own yourself. No one can really duplicate that. Your essence is yours. And then the second thing is definitely, like you said, putting yourself out there and building up that social community, social network. I mean, it is called social media for that reason. But if you really think about it today, in today's world, everything is tied to social media and everything is linked to everything else. And that really is the only way that people are going to be connecting with you and like vying whether or not they wanna take the next step to booking a consult with you. So if you don't, if you aren't on social media, I think you're just making it, you're making a really hard case for yourself. Exactly, you put it perfectly.
1: Social media is key in the permanent makeup world, especially or tattooing in general. It's it's so important. If you don't have social media, you need to make your social media now.
0: (laughs) Yes, and because you've experienced burnout before, so interestingly, I last year was like the first time I've ever experienced burnout, and it was really really bad. Like I was. I was like, I don't ever want like it got to a point where I just didn't want to be around people for probably a good month. And I was like, I've never I've never had this happen before. And because it was such a deep burnout, I was like, I still think about it, actually, on a on a weekly basis where I'm like, okay, like I'm always checking in because I never want to experience that again. And and I wouldn't say I'm completely on the other side where I'm like, oh, like I'll never experience that again. But now I have these triggers, like these kind of like measurement, like where I can kind of feel it happening and then I'm like, okay, I need to take a weekend off or I need to spend some time in nature, or I need to do some meditation or whatever the case may be. How has that been for you? So I feel like travel is something that breaks me out of that
1: because I was working in one little tiny studio all alone. There's nobody else that works with me in that little private studio. So I, it, it is easy to bur- feel burnt out from just being in one spot every single day doing the same thing. So I decided to travel and I decided to start reaching out to different tattoo shops across the country because I want to see different states and meet different people. So one of the coolest opportunities I got was to work at Inked Magazine. The tattoo shop out in New York City. So I flew out there. I worked over there, got some more shop experience, met some really amazing clients out there. And I've just been building my, how could I say it? My I've been networking a lot across the country and making connections to a lot of different tattoo shops, a lot of really talented tattoo artists. And I feel like that has awakened my love for tattooing and prevented me from burning out because I love to learn. I love learning everything about tattooing. That's something I learned the moment I picked up a tattoo machine was, I love this. I want to learn everything there is to know about it, the history behind it, different forms of tattooing. I just want to learn it all. So that has been something that has been very important to me is travel. Maybe that's not everybody's cup of tea, but I love to travel and I love to meet new people. So I think think networking yourself nationally instead of just in your one little area could open up a whole range of opportunities for you and keep things fresh.
0: Did you have any idea two years ago or even a little bit before that when you were even thinking about getting into this industry, did you have any idea that you'd be here where you are
1: today? (laughs) No, not at all. I had never been on a plane until 2020, I think. I was not a traveling girl. <laughs> I was scared to travel. When I went out to see you, I believe that was the second time I ever been on a plane. <laughs> so, so now I'm a traveling girl. I'm everywhere. But it keeps
0: things fresh and I, I I love it so much. I love it. I also remember, I just have like this memory, when you were in class, I you were so quiet. And you <laughs> were being adjacent to me. Like you were yeah, there, I remember, at the right opposite of me. And everyone comes with a different personality. And I would say every group has their own dynamic. But one thing that stood out, stood or st- stood out to me about you was you were just so quiet that I, so for me to read. Cause I was like, is she digging this? Like, you know, because that happens too, where sometimes people learn a new skill and they realize, Oh, like I'm, I wasn't into this as much as I thought. And so it was kind of hard to read because you were so shy. You were <laughs> quiet. But obviously, you know, everyone's so different, but you've really, really blossomed. And I can be qu- kind of quiet too and just observe and just take in everything to s- to really soak it in. But that is one thing that I always remember about you was just thinking it, in my head, like, you know, it, I hope she likes this, but I have no idea. Is she into this? Is she not into this?
1: I think I was just observing and trying to soak everything in because I was like, I want to. You're right. I was I was thinking about that because I I, I have video that I took of just things in class that we did, and yeah, you're right. I was just trying to observe and soak in as much information as possible. I I think I didn't want to open my mouth too much; just listen to what you had to say because everything you say is priceless. I've taken a lot of your business advice with me to this day, and it's helped me so much. So, yeah, I was I was in
0: learning mode. Yeah, no, I love it. And then, you know, the last day that I got to hang out with you and your brother, because your brother was your model, right. I, you were just so freaking sweet. And I loved your style. You know, everyone had, like, that's, I think one, that's one of the, like, I guess, like, one of, like, those intuitive gifts that I have is I can really just see people's essence. And that's the only way I can describe it is just, like, their energy. And I just... I've always looked at you and been like, you're so cool because oh, you're I'm just so original. Everything about you is literally your own stamp into everything that you do. And I really admire that because I think it takes a lot of courage to be who you are, no matter how different it may be. If anything, I think the more different you are, it takes even more courage to be that. Okay. And so it's it's really, really cool. And remind me again, Tatiana, what were you doing before you started tattooing, you're I was
1: working at the time i well I was a student doing classes online. I was still up in the air about what degree I even wanted, which that itself is a sign that maybe you shouldn't be spending a lot of money on college if you don't know what you're doing, but on the side, I was working as like a cosmetic chemist, I guess is the best way to say. I worked in a makeup company that formulates cosmetics for a bunch of different brands that private label white label is the best way you could say a company a makeup company that makes a lot of sephora eyeshadows and things and things like that so i was very into pigments learning about the chemistry behind pigments and cosmetics so i do have that background when it comes to how the chemistry of different colors and you know color how, how colors work
0: and then with your background with the colors and interest in pigments, is that kind of what led you to tattoo pigment and then getting you into researching all of that? Right. so that connects interestingly the one, once
1: I started getting more into the tattoo body art world, I learned what is tattoo ink. It's made out of these pigments that are sourced from different parts of the world. and same goes with cosmetic pigments. It's pretty much the same thing. So I feel like my background definitely helped understand how tattoo pigments work <laughs> the guys over at the shop in reno that i work with they make their own pigments from scratch so that's something i it was really interesting to learn they were like you could make your own camouflage pigments too if you really study how to, <laughs> how 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 we make ink so that's
0: something i'm interested in learning too i love it yeah. I know that you shared that you're going to be at some conventions and expos in the future. Where else can people follow you, engage with you, show you some
1: love? So I'm perfect match tattoo on everything Instagram and TikTok. Um, Those are the ones I'm the most active on. I will be at conventions, definitely the one in New Jersey, inked out New Jersey in September. I will be attending and the other ones are up in the air. So just follow me and. I will be posting where I'm going to be. So if you are not in San Francisco where I'm based right now, there's still a chance to
0: come get tattooed by me because I might be in your state soon. I love it. And me for the listeners that are listening, if you haven't gotten the feeling that Tatiana is full of heart and she's extremely sure. approachable, then you haven't been listening because you are like literally one of the sweetest artists out there. Um, and So be sure to give her a follow. Say hi to her. Send her a message. Let her know that, you know, what you got out of this show. I'm sure she would love to hear that. And then, of course, I'll have all your information on the show notes. But thank you so much. It's been so great catching up with you and just being in your presence. Oh, Thank you so
1: much. And thank you for being my teacher. I learned so much from you. And I wouldn't be where I am today without your priceless advice. So thank you for that. You're yeah. welcome. All right
0: thank you so much for tuning in I'd love to connect and help you more if you have a question you'd like for me to answer please send it to jade at studioconceal.com that's j-a-y-d at studioconceal.com and I might highlight it on my podcast I find what's often personal is most general so if this episode helped you Please share it with a friend who may need the encouragement and inspiration. I'll catch you on the next one.